Hello once again everybody and thanks for tuning in to AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's episode, of course we want to thank our sponsors that help us bring this to you for free each and every week, wherever you download and listen to our podcast. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza for providing us with pizza that we give to you and sell to you at our live events. Uh, you can check out their pizza and more dishes at Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Also, thanks to Pollyanna DIY. You may have seen some of the pins that they make exclusively for us at our shows at our merchandise stand. They can do the same and so much more for you. So make sure you look up Pollyanna DIY to get some custom wonderful designs done for yourselves. Also, thanks to Smart Mark Video, who downloads, who downloads, who video records all of our shows so that you can download them or purchase them on DVD. We always love when Gary and Shannon are there or Robles, anybody from the Smart Mark team. Check out smartmarkvideo.com. And of course, as we talk about uh, the digital streams, we want to thank independentwrestling.tv. Sign up using the code ABSOLUTE and get a 20-day free trial. Check out old AIW shows as well as multiple other promotions. And with that, we come into this week's episode. We go all the way back uh, to our time in Akron in, I'm going to say the wrong month, February? December. <laughs> December, yeah. So it, prior to the actual show that day, we held a new talent initiative, which you then saw some of... Uh, the people who participated in that on the show that evening, and we talked about how they did there. But we wanted to kind of uh, pull back the curtain and talk about how that new talent initiative went in general. So on this week's episode, we're joined by the Duke, who you've already heard. Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham is here. Dominic Carini. Of course, as always, AIW owner John Thorne. My name is Steve Guy, your moderator of sorts. I don't, I'm not going to have too much to uh, contribute to this one, yeah, to be honest. So as we talked about, uh, you and I were not there. Uh, you had One of you was at a wedding, hell. is that the case? And the other you had your engine fall out? His engine fell out. My and, engine blew uh, up. Oh, okay. His, which, yeah, which, blew, which I don't know if I, if I elaborated on that, but I got a brand new free engine. Good for you. You did, yeah. We never gave the update. Recall, there. recall. Uh, luckily, lucky. yeah. Uh, my 2011 car was on a recall, and uh, I got a brand new engine with zero miles. How many miles. recall notices did you get in the mail before your engine blew up? Uh, uh, a couple, probably. Ignored them. <laughs> ah, what is this? I don't need this. Ah, yeah, this seems like here. a hassle. I'm not going in there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my car had seven recalls on it. Jeez. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Seven. Seven recalls on it. I just got you another fixed one. Fixed them all while it was while yeah, it was in there. Yeah, they fixed they them take all. Take care of it. Set me up with all those recalls. Well, they had my car for about a month. They they fixed all the recalls. Got a brand new engine in there, Perfect. which uh, I really liked. The car that they gave me as a loaner, they gave me a 2018, and I was like, "This is how they fucking get you." I want to fucking buy this car, but uh, you were so disappointed when they called you. I know. I was and, like, uh, <laughs> "Fuck!" I was like, "I don't want to give this car back." It was it, nice. It was right before you came over here one day. You're like, oh, "They just fucking called me and told me my car's done." I know. I was <laughs> like, I, "I didn't want. I didn't want to give it up." But I was like. <laughs> I'm about to pay this car off and fucking now I have a brand new engine in it. Like that just defeats the purpose. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's a good deal. See how I'm, see, see I'm being thrifty with my cash? Very financial good. advisor? Very good. Got to take advantage of that brand new engine. I know. It's like, fuck. This will really help your portfolio because now you've got you know, I, you've got some more life on that car. You don't have to spend more money on a new car. I know, and I really wanted to, though. Like I was like, fuck, I don't want to get this car back. So, yeah, my car blows up on the way there. Well, the best is the reason why you left the venue in the first place. Well, yeah. Right, which is 8x10. I left the fucking 8x10s. <laughs> the Harley Race 8x10s. Uh, yeah. 
So that's fucking. Harley Race would not have been happy with you. I don't know if Harley Race would no, have even known yeah. what happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> we could have given Harley Race like the leftover Scott Steiner and Ricky Dragon eight by tens, and he would have signed them and probably not had. To just say I fucking sign them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, would have cared. He. Uh, so yeah, like I was really looking forward to this new talent initiative thing. Same. Well, this was this was an idea that I had proposed to you probably what about six to eight months prior, and I said, "There's no way anyone wants to try for AIW. I don't buy it." And I told you. <laughs> And and you've admitted that you were wrong. You said, you know what, I was wrong. Because I told you then, I said, I'm telling you, you're underestimating this. And then we decided to go ahead. You messaged me, I think, in early January, like, let's go ahead and do it. You put the advertisement out for it with Matthew Justice, myself, and Britt Baker's uh, faces on it. And literally within two days, we were completely sold out. With how many messages did you get in? Oh, I think it was over 300 emails I got, which was crazy. <laughs> How many people did we have attend? 40? No. Uh, 35? It was open for, th- it, it, was for did, 30, it was open for 30. And, we and then up, we we uh, added five refs, yeah, I, think. I think. five refs, too. Show. And there were a few a people. people yeah, a couple people yeah. didn't show. We definitely had a couple of no-shows. But then some people were just came in hopes to get on. And, like, there was a waiting list. Yeah, there was a... There was a big process about it. And uh, I did send out a message like that day for the waiting list. I'm sure none of those people made it. I don't know. But um, or the day before, I think, because some people canceled. But yeah, I did not like I don't know, like it, it, it it really kind of I I try not to uh, buy into any sort of hype or whatever. So it was like I was like, there's no way that anybody wants to try out for AIW like we run once in an occasional twice a month like um and uh i was i was shocked you know like in, in, instant instantly uh this thing sells out and it was uh basically you know there was somewhat of a screening process but not really it was just kind of like um if i had like if you wrote like a shitty email i would request like hey who trained you like where like please tell me some more about you um and then uh you know did anyone send you like promo emails like typed it out as if they were shooting a promo no uh No, like Listen here, John Thorne. There were some, let me in this tryout, and there were some. There guys. were some wild ones, though. Yeah, yeah, there were some wild emails, and then like there, like there were some guys that were like super, like in shape, like athletic looking dudes that just like did not sign up in time, you know. So it's like, thank God, you know, like <laughs> like Duke would be out of a yeah spot. <laughs> but it was it was it was very interesting because you know. uh I saw I saw some names that I recognized, which you know I was shocked about, and then, um, you know, uh, the amount of emails like I just couldn't believe it, and it, it came to the point to where I just had to like get told like, you so. I had to get like a copy and paste like response to like you know answer these few questions, and then you know uh, here's the link to you sign. Didn't outsource up. that to like Potato or something. Oh, no. get the hell out of here! <laughs> No. Come on! <laughs> oh man, that's what I forgot to mention. You, you would instantly show? get Potato trying to sell whatever he's selling now, Direct TV or some weird, you know, you know. Let's not let's let's not derail this. Let's not derail this for a Dave the Potato talk. Steve, get I'm to your just point. saying. I forgot I forgot to mention that the seven year itch was Potato's grand return no, out of he, retirement. No, no, he was back. He, at, he was retired. back at Hail to the King. <laughs> yeah, he, he never left. He was back at this oh, show. That's right. Hail as to the, the gif on, as the the clip on Twitter said, when Wadsworth said, "You can't retire." 
just for the months you, we're if off. If you come to the next show, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't retire. <laughs> we're off that Just because we're not running doesn't mean you retire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my <laughs> so uh, this process, it was an interesting one. We, we really leaned, uh, you know, John obviously had things that he wanted to see out of uh, guys at the trials, but we leaned on uh, people like like you, Dom and Dan. You guys have done trials else elsewhere before. Yeah, uh, Matt Justice has as well. So really leaned on you guys in and, terms and of how Brit, it should be formed. Britt was going to participate in it until there was just no flights that could get her in in yeah, time. Yeah, it ended up there were only two girls, and the one girl ended up injured like after doing she was a couple of when roles. She was yeah, she there, she came injured yeah. and did a couple of roles. Yeah, she had so. a booking the night before, and they were on their way in. She got hurt in the match. Yeah, and, mm. so it really, I mean. It would have been nice to have Britt there, but um, it comes down to like Justice and myself and Dan. We've done all kinds of seminars, whether it be WWN. Uh, Justice has done a couple of the ROH camps. So we kind of know as wrestlers what we liked out of these things and what we absolutely despised out of these things. Yeah. And I think one thing that we didn't mention that was a really nice addition was Magnum CK there as right. well doing promos and kind of, you know, uh, composing yourself in the ring. That was a really nice touch, too. Like some of the downtime that you had in the actual, like, tryout itself was actually filled with an actual activity instead of just sitting there, like, watching or waiting for something to happen. And Jake Clemens took the refs that signed up, and he ran, yep. like, his own sem- like his own kind of <laughs> seminar with them and then uh, worked them in. So, I mean, it, I would have loved to have been there and uh, participated, but... You know, that wasn't in the cards for me. Uh, so I come back to this thing totally cold as to what's happened, but I guess you guys can kind of go, you know, go into the process. And I guess, Duke, I, you know, uh, I'll start with you. And, you know, I know that like these guys have gone to seminars and things like that. You were kind of coming into this with, with no kind of knowledge of that, but with your own kind of like, ideas of what you wanted to see i just wanted to see guys that i had never seen before i wanted to see if they any of them were worth bringing in i mean i i don't i don't travel really much at all so i mean i don't i didn't know a lot of the people i recognized a couple of the names and i knew a couple of the people um but i was interested to see how some of these guys did and some of those guys were amazing i mean some of them really blew me away some of them not so much um, but you try to, and I was just kind of, I was just kind of there really. I mean, I was supposed to, uh, work with Magnum and he kind of took that and ran with it. And so then I was just kind of watching everybody. So you turned, you turned into essentially the Randy Jackson of the judging process. Kind of. I was just kind of watching everybody <laughs> and just seeing if there was anything I could notice, kind of helping things move along. I did find it kind of funny that Matthew Justice was not happy with Dominic's initial, uh, We'll get into that. He, yeah, he, we'll get into he, he that. wanted to get moving on, we'll on get some wrestling, um, but it was that 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 part kind of made me laugh. But uh, I, I mean, it was it was cool to see. It was cool to see all of these. I don't want to say kids. All these guys there to try out to you know show out to to do, and they they all pretty much did everything they were asked to do, which was cool. And it was it was good to see some of those guys. What what is uh what were your expectations in terms of you know what. What was going to need to be done by somebody to stand out for you? Are you looking on? Are you looking at them overall, or because you've been a part of this company for so can long? I, can I cut you off for a second, Steve? Yeah, uh, I was happy to have you actually, Duke. I'm gonna gas you up here. 
And I, I tell a lot of people that you're really one of the kind of unsung like characters in AIW and how well-rounded you are. Uh, you can have a great match when it's completely necessary. You're an amazingly good manager, and your promo skills are very good. So I was extremely happy to have you as a part of the tryout seminar. Thank you. And that's kind of where I was going. Are you um, looking at this as how they fit into the AIW mold because no, you have because such a good grasp I mean, on it? you can't really... I mean, they're, yeah, were there guys would be like, hey, I'd like to manage that guy? Yeah, there was a couple mm. of those guys. Okay. But, I mean... I, you. Everything was was very was very rote, with the exception of the last. You know, when they had their training matches, everything was they were all doing the same thing. It was just a, it was just seeing who knew what, who knew where to be, who knew how to do the certain things, and who didn't. Okay, you know, the expectation is okay. Here's a spot. Here's a trade. You know, you're going to do a spot. You're going to trade it off. Can you guys do it? Can you not do it? Is there a problem? What's going on? And you just kind of. Yeah. And there, there's always like at least anybody who played like high school football or, or you know any sport at like a higher level, there are people that practice entirely better than they actually perform. Sure. Uh, there's an old saying like "looks like Tarzan plays like Jane." Um, so you know someone could look extremely amazing in drills, like have everything down, but once it comes to a match, they might shy away from contact they might not have the fire that they need. There's all kinds of things. So no matter how good someone looked in drills, you know, honestly. When you're doing a seminar or a tryout like this, the practice matches are really what the most important thing is. And what he said is the exact opposite is true, too, mm -hmm. of, of what he said. So that's why it's important to do, you have this session and you have this session and then you have this session. So you could get a feel for, oh, this guy was really amazing at the roles. Okay, that, he's really flexible. He's really athletic. Oh, but wow, he really can't do that spot or, you know, or what, whatever, whatever it is, you know, shit sticks out. Yeah. So, so I guess let's start from the beginning of the day. Walk us through that. We lead off with drills. Is that right? Um, well, I'll give you a little background into what we kind of had set up. Uh, yeah. John had messaged me and Matt, and we kind of made the decision that I would run the kind of roles portion and kind of like ring spacing type portion because it's kind of what I specialize in. Um, just from training with Tracy Williams before, the Evolve seminars that I had done were very – you know, kind of geared towards that. Um, and then we would kind of delve into Matt running more like in ring type drills, spots and things like that. And then the game plan at the end of that was then to go to Magnum with promos and then split off into practice matches. We had what, about four, I think four or five hours to do this. So we were mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, this is going to be fine. Um, Which was the benefit of doing it in, in Akron because we get into that venue, we have it all day long and uh, there's, there's a lot pressure of, to, there's a lot more time. Yeah. Yeah, and it was also nice to have a bunch of people help set up at the start of the day. <laughs> um, but that was kind of the thought process. Uh, so I started the drills off, um, just essentially basic roles, and kind of everything spirals up from there. Like it's really basic to more advanced to uh, holy shit, what are we doing? Um, because even Duke will tell you he was watching me do some of these things, and he's like, "What are they doing?" Um, this was this wherein lies the first thing that we actually messed up in our opinion was I don't think that I myself thought like hey there's forty there's thirty five people here thirty sure. you know without the refs in there how in the hell like like this is gonna take way longer than I thought 
because they're all winning in line and each mm-hmm. going to do it. And, and it's, guy, you know, and everybody guy. does it. And then you don't five account, seconds to get back in the ring. Yep, you don't, and, and you don't account for somebody messing up a couple times and they want to hit it right because they want to try to look good. So yeah. that was our first thing was when I look back at it, there should have been some kind of split, whether it be, well, we took half the people and sent them with Magnum and the Duke. Which I took, think I suggested initially. You might have. And yeah. if I, I will take full egg on face for that, that I was like, oh, no, we can do this because I do it at practice all the time. Like, but then again, like I put practice numbers in now and I'm like, mm, yeah, I didn't think about that as much because even when we have like a 10 person practice, I've it's not that, 30. Yeah. yeah. Even with 10 people, it takes forever now. I've and noticed. even when we had split classes back at the little garage yep. with Johnny. And it was, it's some of these people have never split. seen some of these exactly. roles before or these drills. So, uh, some uh, of their facial expressions with some of the roles Don was showing them was like, out, like those last couple, it was just like, everybody's just like, huh? You want us to do what? Well, every okay. <laughs> and to their credit, every person tried everybody them, tried? and almost everybody did yep. them. You know, and so and, and the only people that did not look at me like I was a psychopath were the Chikara kids. Yeah. And what is and, and and that one kid that came to training one day and you said had the game. Oh, he had yeah. the game there shark. Was, there was up. there was one kid that he signed up for the seminar or for the tryout and he messaged me on Facebook three weeks before and said, hey man, can I come up to class? So I said, yeah man, just make sure you pay a mat fee when you come up. And I'll tell you what, that kid paid $25 and it was like, get a game shark. He knew everything I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, little, sc- man, little, man. little scout. Yeah, he had, he had the cheat codes. Yeah, he, had the, he had the Dom cheat codes to at least know the first half. What what was the purpose of you having them do all those, especially like the more involved ones? Uh, ring positioning for one, uh, because rolling is really about knowing where you are in the ring, where you're going to end up. Uh, footwork is, is key on those. I want to make sure that they're leading with the right you know, foot. They're doing all of that stuff. These are a lot of things that if you watch uh, anything kind of within WWE tryouts, especially that the old Breaking Ground series, mm-hmm. um, they really harp on, especially, you know, proper foot forward when you come up from a roll. And it was something that Johnny really, Johnny and Candice really impressed upon us. Uh, it's a lot of like we ring discipline. That. Yeah. Okay. It's knowing where you're and like how dexterous you are, but mm-hmm. also like knowing if you always have to get up with a certain foot for this yep. specific role. Big, big word out of Dr. D. Dexterous. That's huh? Yale. That's that Yale. He's, he's a doctor that, from Yale. Put that degree to work. Your ring dexterity has got to be very good when you're Handsome Dan over here. What's the fucking car program like at Yale? <laughs> what's the auto tech program like? Great. Yeah. Yeah. What's that fucking <laughs> PhD um, and iCar certified? What's, what's so, that fucking, what's, what's that called when you fucking are in an 11th and 12th grade? and you go vocational school. Oh, I know all about vocational. What's the fucking Yale vocational classes like? Yale Institute of Technology. Um, Y-E-T. Yeah, Y-I-T. Sorry. Yeah, but, but that was kind of the, the first portion. And I would say about middle of the way through back rolls, I was like, I really screwed up and this is going to take way longer. <laughs> and then it was a constant Matt Justice uh, just faking sleeping on the stage at points uh just come on bro yeah because we're all sitting up there it's 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 well you guys all, and you all, you and all woke up though once we started doing those last like four yeah you all yeah, woke the up. last two justice, were, were i remember at one point justice because i i printed out like handouts for all the judges to write notes down and i remember i did the one crazy last like roll set and i just saw him throw throw it throw it up in the air and catch it like what the hell i can't it's even do just just like come on bro let's get to some wrestling bro so <laughs> after rolling, yeah, yeah. So after we did the rolls, um, 
we progressed on then to Matt had some in-ring stuff. We gave like a quick water break and we had in-ring stuff then. Uh, this was good because we allowed it, we had some drills where we got the refs involved too. Uh, so when we were doing spots, they would, you know, be able to check on the guys and kind of show their ring positioning and the things that they could do. So and that was, were, that was cool. Matches. That was that was actually a really cool part of it was because those, I think there was three of them, and they were just kind of floating around. One, I mean, Jake told them whatever he, you know, whatever he told them. There's only so much you can tell somebody. Yeah. And they were just kind of standing around, and I was like, hey, you guys, we're going to run spots. You might as well get in there. Yeah. And be the third guy and figure out your shit too. So it worked out really. Can we well. also can we also take a second to appreciate Matthew Justice's requests to be a part of the seminar tryout? Uh, he requested that we get him a stopwatch, a clipboard, and a whistle. And a whistle. Now, I stole his clipboard almost immediately. I I bought a couple of clipboards, so there were there were a couple. <laughs> but he did this because he said that's how Dr. Tom came to every class at FCW. So he wanted to be doc, he wanted to be Dr. Matt Justice. Um, and then Pedro had to get the whistles for us because he just thought that we couldn't, you know, survive without him. So he had him in his glove that. compartment, probably next nah, to road, next to road flares and a wrench for some reason, <laughs> and and an emergency ration meal kit, <laughs> uh, an MRE. <laughs> yeah, an MRE. <laughs> Fucking Pedro. Um, but. You know, it was good to do those because then we kind of saw how people are going to bump. We saw how people are going to feed. Um, we kind of saw just kind of basic skills of, of wrestling. It was good because you saw some people that didn't have those skills. Yep. Which was really eye-opening to me on, oh, yeah. on a level a couple times. So from that, because they're just running spot, give me, I guess, give me a, a time allotment if you can, for how long they're running these spots. Because they're obviously uh, we, not we having we a full match. Did, we probably well 45 minutes an hour, at least. Well, well, well I, mean, like, I think like, it means each, no, each, each, each spot. Okay. Yeah, maybe each, a minute. Minute maybe and a half. Okay. Minute, so, minute, probably a minute and a half. was about 45 seconds a piece because it'd be a drill where the, we could flip it to where the other person would go then. Okay, and now you're running this, but from that you're still able to see, because to your point, there are some people who you said really couldn't, and some people who could do well in these spots. Are you able to see even when there is that mismatch? Or... Well, I, there, was a, there wasn't someone, a there wasn't a lot somebody. of that. Well, some somebody did get hurt actually, and um, I'm trying to remember exactly what happened there, but I can't. Maybe will come back to me at some point. But um, I remember who it was. I just remember what happened. Uh, but a lot of people knew other people, so there wasn't. You know, they were just kind of matching up with people they knew. Yeah, okay, which, so it was on the future, them. To match which in the future, I actually would like to not do that because clearly, like. Dr. Dan and I have wrestled, what, I think you've done the math, like 17 We've times? We've wrestled 17 times in two countries and seven states. And that's kind of yeah. where I was going with that question. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If, if could, <laughs> somebody get in on that. <laughs> two countries. Canada. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> two yeah. countries. You went to Tennessee, which is farther than fucking you go, when you go sure to Canada. Is, you're right. Um, Don't be that fucking guy. Two countries. <laughs> you got easy, where, where's, easy. Your, where's, your, where's your Canadian flag on your gear? Yeah, I, easy, I easy there, AJ Gray. International yeah. wrestling. I've never said that once. Um, to AJ Cray's credit, he's also wrestled in Mexico. Yeah, he's wrestled in Mexico. You are correct. Not like fucking Dr. Dan, fucking dude. Can. That's like saying it, you go <laughs> live in Texas, I wrestle in Mexico. It's a 50, 51st state, pal. Um, it's America's okay. hat. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, in the future, I actually think This that, podcast does not uh, associate with the Duke's beliefs or... Uh, you just called it the 51st state. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Does it associate with your beliefs? Hat is more derogatory. America's hat is more derogatory? Okay. Technically, Puerto Rico would be the 51st state. Anyway, but, Dominic, um, yes? Dominic's getting salty. He wants, oh, he wants yeah. to talk. Rest in peace, Bruiser Brody. All right. Dark side of the ring. Yeah. Viceland. I agree. I agree. 
great, great documentary. America's um, hat. But in the future, I think we should do a better job if when we do uh, other new talent initiatives to kind of phase out and say, hey, guys, I know you two are friends because well, you can do you can attest to it. At one point, you guys didn't know the names, and I was calling off almost everybody's name just because I'd familiarized myself with mostly everybody except those two kids that looked like. There were two guys that one was from Alabama, one was from St. Louis, and you would have swore these dudes were brothers. <laughs> oh, the bigger dudes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the lawyer? Oh, no, the blood. Yeah, I thought they were brothers. No, the lawyer dude from Pittsburgh's Dr. Dan's like doppelganger brother. Yeah, no, the the yeah, the the two blonde the, and yep. they were and they worked each other in the mm-hmm. in the in the match. Lawyer guy, I don't remember his name, very nice guy though. David Lawless. Very nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he was I liked him. I liked legitimate him. legitimate lawyer. Yeah, very nice guy. Yes. I, I have pitched Dr. Dan to start a uh, tag team of himself and David Lawless as our team. Well, well, Law and Order, right? No. It's, oh, it's, it's over. I, I didn't name it. It's Law and Order. You got to be Law and Order and use the Law and Order theme. Dun, 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 he does dun, use it dun, as his theme song, though. Yeah. That's good. Okay, back, back. We're, but, we're but, off topic. But, but people knowing each other does come back into play later on. But anyway, yes, of course. Um, so that's what I would change with that. Um, so it was also during this time that we had an injury, so that, that killed I, some time. I do remember what happened. I don't know if it's necessary to get we into it. We don't know. We don't yeah. need to get into semantics. Yeah. There was, there was, somebody uh, got spiked. Somebody got spiked on an arm drag. It was no one's fault. You know, It was just one of those things that it was you know, a freak accident. Um, so after this point, we finally got the chance to turn over to Magnum, and this is probably where I realized in my own head we screwed up a little bit because they should probably get more time with Magnum, but we got to get them ready for practice match. We got to get them ready for these tryout matches. So Magnum probably had about, what, 25 to 30 minutes tops? Not even. Not, Not even. even. Which, he had more time individually with them during the practice brings, matches. But. This, so this brings my idea of how to improve this, which I'm sure was an idea that you were going to come, come with at the end, Steve. But the idea that I would have to improve this would be to split the seminar up. Mm-hmm. Now, before I know Thorne and I had talked into splitting it two ways, but you know, I thought about this, and I actually would like to split this three ways. So if we do 30 people in the future, I would like to split it three ways of 10. 10 people doing in-ring stuff to start, 10 people doing promos with Magnum, and then I would like to bring in someone like an Ethan Page to do a social media portion. Okay. Well, my what I told Thorne was I asked him right away when he was talking about it. I said, are you bringing, are you bringing both rings? And he said no, and wow. I said you should just fucking sit because it would be a cool what, visual to what are we set doing? Four rings. Games? Well, that's another thing. But one ring is super set, short, and one ring super s- tall. I didn't say war games. I just said for training for the it's seminar, hard. set it's it up, so set it up, and take it. Down. The only thing I mean, with the with the Ethan the semantics would be very difficult with that. The only thing with the social media thing that I could throw out there is just that that you'd be better more, at it. No, th- oh, that's okay. that's more of a seminar esque thing of him providing his tutelage whereas something like this is more of us saying we want to see I what mean, you can do there's no. not there's you not I mean? no because well, if he's on the I've show been, he's I've there i mean you two know. of the wn seminars i was to a big portion of the seminars was a social media discussion it was okay a big part when spent. it was when it was split up it was split yeah up when they two. would that when they would split it up that would be how they that would be their point they didn't have a promo section which i think is something that made us distinctly different and when we got feedback for it a lot of people were very excited and a big kind of complaint was they, they didn't get enough time. time right yeah so that's that's one way that i would definitely try to improve upon it next time we kind of splitting everything up better and and kind of phasing guys in and out so what happens in this promo portion i know magnum's time is, is short was, but well magnum 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 just he had he had a whole bunch of notes written down of stuff that he wanted to cover everybody kind of sat down in the first couple of rows and while he was giving the talk they were putting matches together and we we put the matches together we put the uh the tryout matches together and it wasn't anything ahead of time it was all no 
impromptu and yeah the only thing was really as in you paired the guys yeah, together? yeah. And the okay. only main thing was that uh we didn't want anyone to really work with each other that knew each other we wanted everything yeah. to be as like fresh and new as possible where they everyone was like forced to so opposite uh, of running the spots where yeah you know, exactly but, but, where but able to pick magnum each magnum was he just kind of started out with some some stuff that that he you know guys that he liked guys that he borrowed from um certain things you should you should do in your promo certain things you shouldn't do guys you should watch reasons why they're so good um and it's very obvious when you if you stop and think about it as to why certain guys are so good at, at promos um but i'm not giving that away for free uh to run with the theme of the evening and and then just kind of stuff that he borrowed from like because he's he's really big into theater and he does you know the acting thing right. and the directing thing so he pulled a lot of that stuff in and just hit a lot of hit a lot of points that made a lot of sense you know to people trying to figure out what, what they need to do to get better now do guys get to cut promos at this point they did yes? they okay. did like the first match went back behind the curtain did pro did a promo for him okay and then they went out and I think we gave everybody five yeah yeah hard and so then people were coming back up doing promos okay. while the matches were going on and then we just cycle them out so you, you get a, your feedback before you get your promo yeah. feedback before you wrestle and then you go out there and wrestle after yeah or as soon as the match was done you went out there and did okay your thing and any anybody uh, promo wise, anything stand out to you guys? I, I was not get to see that. I I was I was kind of I was kind of going in and out. Um, I did hear one that was funny, uh, or that that Magnum was cracking up, and I caught most of it. And it was it was it was the um, uh, the little spicy guy. Oh, hot tamale! Hot tamale! Yes. Yeah. Uh, he had a good catchphrase, and you know he hit all his spots, or he hit all his, his his cues and everything, and it was it was pretty clever. Um, I didn't see a lot of them because Carson was actually back there, like timing them mm-hmm. and stuff. So he was kind of back there with Magnum the whole time. But um, uh, yeah, that's what he he it gave everybody like forty five seconds. Sure. He was like, you know, hit it, and so that was part of it too, was to get everything in with the timing, and so yeah, it was it was it was cool. So we go then to the matches, and is this where you guys put everything together? And it's solely based on the matches because this is the culmination in terms of who you think should be on the show, or is this? It's an ongoing thing. It's and- an ongoing thing because there was guys that, like I personally, I was like, you know, would be like, oh well, you know, I kind of know him. I don't really know, and Duke would be like, dude, that guy. Uh-huh. And then it was like everything would just kind of like spiral from there. Of oh man, like you know, it's. I had to constantly be reminded of who some of the guys were because I couldn't remember everybody. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a culmination of, like, you knew who to expect. Like, if you didn't see what you were expecting, you were like, oh, that's weird because that guy was really, you know, good. Like, when they ran spots, that kind of opened your eyes a little bit to somebody. Now you're waiting to see how he does in the match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think there was... Uh, there w- there w- there wasn't any matches that were you know especially amazing. They only had five minutes, but there weren't any that were especially that were like bad. bad. With there with was... the exception of the guy that got DQ'd. Well, that should have been DQ'd, but we let him keep going. Yeah, because we told the refs. I told the refs before it started. I said, "You're the ref." It goes, "You got to DQ somebody." You know, 
DQ somebody DQ if they if they do something wrong. The one guy wouldn't let the guy out of the corner, and the ref got the five and like first spot, and he de- and he he called for the bell, and we're all kind of like what. And then we're like, that's okay, just just keep going. So yeah, you're telling them yeah. DQs, count outs. Yeah, it's it's, it's got look as we've seen in AIW. Yeah, well that, that I mean that's, that's what you have happen. to do. Yeah, yeah, because that dude, if he's wrestling in a place he's never wrestled at with a ref he's never ref he's never been in the ring you, with, he's going to get DQ'd. You've mm-hmm. got to I mean, preserve the integrity of the sport aspect, yeah. right? Yep. So we have uh, how many matches do you think you end up having there? About. 10 to 15, anywhere between 10 to 15. Is it, yeah, is like it top four, they all, 15? We had 13 or 14 13 matches. 14, and there was one wrestler who wrestled twice in the tryout. Um, so it was all one-on-one? Yes, yes. Okay. all singles yeah, matches. It was all singles five matches. Hard. Uh, hard five minutes. Uh, and like I said, we had one guy that wrestled twice. Someone wrestled twice uh, because he had two gimmicks. He had two gimmicks, so he, he volunteered to wrestle twice. Um, so and that kind of leads down to the the process of deciding who we thought impressed the most. Yeah, because we end up with uh, well, t- like 10, we'll, yeah, 10 so guys. We'll go, we'll go into the process. The original theorem that we had was we were going to take six people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to do a scramble. We were going to do six brand new guys, and someone was going to win the scramble and kind of you know get their spot on the kind of roster for the most part. We knew we had the Russell Rave show coming up, so we knew we had a couple of spots open for that probably. Um, first, let's go, we can kind of go through the guys, but one thing we noticed, uh, Duke, myself, Pedro, Justice, Dr. Dan, when we were going through these, these guys, we just could have, we had a hard time narrowing down to six. Okay. The week of, we had a cancellation, um, we had, so we had a cancellation on the card where, uh, Eric Ryan from the Young Studs got cut real bad at, uh, Game Changer and he couldn't wrestle because he had these fresh stitches. And then Bobby Beverly came down with the flu, so he was sick and was about on his deathbed. So he was more than happy, or he was, he was you know more than fine sitting this one out because he could barely function. Uh, so there was that. And then we had um, Chase Oliver. Chase Oliver gets hurt, so him and Trey are out of this tag match to put Trey into uh, the intense title match. So right. here we go. Uh, there's now a normal tag match, which is what you know Thorne planned on going with. But Justice pitched the idea, hey, let's make two tag teams and we can get four more guys on the card. Well, yeah, like uh, when I'm waiting for my like car to get towed, I get a message like, hey, do you care if we put that tag match back to being a four-way, a four-way tag uh, because there's so many good guys? And I said... I have not seen any of this tryout, so it's ultimately up to you guys what you think can make happen. Like, I have way bigger problems going on than uh, what's going on. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of left it into your guys' hands. I had really no, you know, no input on this whatsoever. So now I guess we can kind of get down to the to the gentlemen that were selected for the match. Um, we'll start with the scramble, and then we'll kind of go to the process of, like, how we created the two tag teams that we added. Um, so, uh, we'll start off with Kevin Bennett was one of our first choices. Um, Kevin is out of the Buffalo, New York area. Mm-hmm. He is one of the Buffalo crew that was in the bad car accident, uh, last year. Um, he was one of the ones that kind of came away with less of the injuries. Um, 
legitimate SoundCloud rap rapper. Legitimate. Um, like, oh, that's a real thing. Yep, that's yep. a real thing. He he puts out mixtapes, and uh, you know he was very impressive in all the drills. Uh, well trained by Pepper Parks out there at Grapplers Anonymous and Brandon Thurston. So he kind of popped off the page to all of us. I felt. And he like excelled in like many of the drills that like other people did. Like he had that little extra like mm-hmm, that little extra pizzazz. Um, stank, stank, no yeah. pizzazz. From nice there, word. we'll go with Matt Kenway second. Um, Matt is a kid that I've actually wrestled with before out in the St. Louis area. Um, one of the kind of prospects out of that area. Great look. Um, real kind of like frat boy douchebag heel. Tried to find himself for a while. Finally got something yeah. that's like. Finally, kind of got. Forward. Finally got it. Um, it was a really cool experience for him. Uh, I I know he went up to Thorn and thanked him so much for be for getting on the card. Um, his dad came with him. His dad, by the way, the biggest PME fan in the history of professional <laughs> wrestling. Uh, literally, his Twitter handle is like PME Dad or something. <laughs> wow, PME's number one fan. Oh yeah, that thing. Oh, that's wow, what it is. his header picture is him with PME. Yeah. Yikes! So when I told Matt that we were going to be on the show, Matt Matt actually started crying. He was that excited and happy. So uh, he was another choice for us. Um, the next choice was probably one that I really wanted, and it's Logan Easton LaRoe. Um, I had had the chance to uh, meet Logan and, and see him work at the uh, now defunct Nova Pro promotion. He's kind of their, was their big heel and kind of the the kind of cornerstone of their promotion. I've watched him have some really good matches, and I think as a heel, he's, he's extremely good. Um, so that was my pick, and I know, I think it was a pretty unanimous one. Everybody thought, because mm-hmm. one of the things that Logan did that impressed, I know, the Duke and Pedro was, even though there was no crowd during these trap matches or it was students in the crowd, he worked the crowd. Yeah, he was one of the only ones. And I told the students, like, if they were, like, engaged upon to actually, like, engage with them and actually, like, make it a more, like, comforting environment instead of just wrestling in front of no one. Uh, next one is another person that I knew and that I know that Thorne had heard some things about uh, before the trial, but it was Cabana Man Dan. Um, Cabana Man Dan, and I can I'll say it because I even told him this to like when I saw him a couple weeks later. Cabana Man Dan wasn't a guy that impressed during the drills. Um, and Cabana Man Dan's a very long time vet, but he he really didn't look overly impressive during the drills. And he went out and he had a really 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 good match, like. Saw about as solid as you can get in five minutes, and he he really won everybody over. Yes, um, and he's got a he's got a cool offense, and when he's in a singles environment, he's a great babyface. Uh, has great fire, comes back, and Justice liked him a lot because he said he could have been Ricky Steamboat's second son. <laughs> Looks just like Ricky Steamboat. He does. Also, he does. come on, flip flop chop, That's which we discussed when we talked about the show itself. There was debate as to whether or not that is legal or illegal. It's, as someone brought up on Twitter object. today, if I can't use the boot, if you can't, why is he using a well, flip they, Because he they, wears them out to the ring, so it's a part of his uniform. Well, just like the NFL, if you can tackle by dreadlocks in the NFL, because it's a part so of So if uniform. I wear the boot, I can use it? Sure. So that was the All question. Right. If your boot comes off and then you hit somebody with it, is that illegal? It, technically, I believe it is illegal. Yeah. If Don ever wore shoes, he could give us that answer. Tom's just I making this up once. as he goes. Yes. Um, okay. So then we have our last two individuals here in the scramble. Uh, first is Lee Moyarty. This was a guy that I know Thorne had had eyes on. Uh, Lee attended our Ultimo Dragon seminar and did a great job there. Uh, I know Derek Direction had wrestled him multiple times in Pittsburgh and could not stop talking about how good he was. Um, so he was a guy that, you know, this kind of gave him the extra push to kind of find his spot in AIW. And 
one of the standouts from the seminar. All drills, did great in everything. Um, you guys have anything on Lee? You know, Lee's, I've wrestled him. He's awesome. And like, he's trained, like he's actually like not had years of experience, but he's actually gone and like trained other places. Like I'm pretty sure he's gone internationally and trained at like different like schools. And he's definitely like someone that's, is that just Canada or? Ha ha. Very funny. Um, <laughs> and now we have the last person. And th- honestly, this was one that, even we told him we weren't like we didn't really think anything when he put himself when he put himself you know in the tryout realm and it's uh michael austin wardlow um yeah michael, so if, I, if people if people remember uh, a couple weeks ago when we aired the uh uh King. the actual episode of when we talked about this show uh thorne went up to him at the after party and, and thorne talked about it there about how he he explained to him, I, I wanted to hate you, man. I didn't know. That yeah, and honestly, and... like it was a lot of the similar thought processes. Like I had always just kind of se- I'd seen him out in Pittsburgh when I was out there, and I was just like, oh, he's just a big guy. But uh, you know, he's he's really dedicated a lot of time to his craft, and you know, Wardlow. It's easier to say that right now than it is <laughs> to say Michael Austin Wardlow. Uh, really impressed in the tr- in the seminar. All the drills dead on perfect. Uh, another guy that played the crowd perfectly in his tryout match because uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Mike Lawson Wardlow. This dude is large. He's, he's large. Dude, yeah. He's good looking. Like he is like he is pro wrestling 101 of what you're looking for. And he wears a freaking shirt to do his practice <laughs> or to do his tryout match in. So the whole <laughs> we match, were all yeah all of us on the stage. Everyone on the stage. Like, we had a chant. We had a chant going. Yeah, and, the, and all the people in the crowd are chanting it. So. He was, uh, but flying completely, flying blind for the most part. Yeah, as I was with with a lot of these guys, he impressed me more than anybody. Yep. He from the first time he did something until the until he got done until we got done with the thing, he impressed the shit out of me, and I told him so. And he, it was he was just I was blown away because I I recognized the name and you know you you read things and you see things you're like okay whatever, but. I had never really seen any of these guys in action or been in the ring with any of them, sure. and he he impressed the shit out of me. I, I saw him wrestle two or three weeks before the tryout, and he had a really good match. And I went, oh, well, no one's expecting you know him to come in, you know, guns a blazing, but you know, here he comes." Yeah. So there's so that's that's the scramble. Uh, I don't know if Thorne told the story. Did he tell the story about how the winner of that match was decided? On okay, so we. We decided that it, to go between Lee or Wardlow or Mike Lawson Wardlow for the winner of the match, and Thorne told me, "I don't care, just tell them to choose." So I literally had them flip a coin, and I said I did not want to know who won because I wanted to be surprised when I was watching it on the monitor. And of course, <laughs> they don't I flip walked, a coin. No, they did. They had the most intense game of rock paper scissors. Oh, was that what it was? Yep. Okay, I didn't see that. Uh, so I'm completely in the dark, and right before the match, I walk by them as they're calling it, and I hear the finish. And oh. I was, and, and there, went, there it went. <laughs> Got ruined for you. Yep, but uh, Michael Austin or Michael Austin Wardlow won the match. Um, and as we'll get to in WrestleRave, both Michael Austin Wardlow and um, and Lee Moriarty, Moriarty. Yeah. come back as well. Um, we'll get to some other people from the tryout that impressed us that you know you might see soon. Um, so at this point, we have our six picked out for the scramble, and we say. Man, there's about four more guys that we really, really like, uh, and we think we think how can we form some tag teams? 
Um, two standouts for me, and I knew that from the day I saw them on the tryout list that they would be standouts, were uh, Boomer Hatfield and Travis Huckabee. Uh, they're two of kind of the top students out of Chikara. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, let's do Team Chikara. And it was a pretty unanimous yes on everybody's part. They, they were great in the drills. Um, they, you know, it made sense to put them as a tag team coming from the same training background. Which I said, I didn't know he Travis Huckabee was a Chikar student because he's the most anti-Chikar student. <laughs> like he's just Travis Huckabee and he has tight say Travis on him or something. Yeah. It's like yeah. he doesn't have a mask and he doesn't have a weird backstory and he doesn't. He, I mean, like he was oh, a rough okay. for a while too, and then all, he just transitioned right into being Did a wrestler. And, okay, when you know, um, I mentioned it on the episode when we talked about the whole show, but I'll say it again now. It, these two. You'd have no idea that they weren't a tag team. They worked so well together. Yep, which is part of the reason why I think it was so good for us to put them together. Um, now that brings us to our other tag team that we created, which was Elijah Nelson and Mike Outlaw. Uh, both of these guys are St. Louis guys. True story, Elijah Nelson is actually in a tag team Camaro. in St. Louis. Yeah. Alpha and Omega, but his partner missed the, missed the cutoff deadline. So uh -huh. Isn't the other guy in a tag team too? He yeah. is. Yeah. So... Mike Outlaw is in a tag team with Danny Adams called No New no Friends. Friends. Yeah. So yeah. these are two kind of competing tag teams in the St. Louis area who we put together. Now, Alf, the uh, Elijah's tag partner got came in late, and Mike and Elijah asked me if he could come to the tryout. And I said, sure. I said, we just can't put him in because we're overbooked. The day before when we knew we had a cancellation, I hit Mike up, and the other member, Alpha and Omega, actually had taken another booking. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll call Alpha Friends or something is what yeah. we'll call this tag team. <laughs> but uh, Mike Outlaw is a guy that I've actually wrestled and I knew from the St. Louis area. Um, Matt Justice had done an ROH tryout camp with him, liked him a lot. And Mike, I liked him too. Mike had done some some other seminars that I had seen recently, and Mike's a really solid worker, so it was good to get him on there. I had actually not been familiar really with Elijah, and you know he was very good as well. And I'm sure. In a different world, if both these guys have their tag partners, you know, it might have been a spot where it was no new friends and Alpha and Omega in this. Um, although these two did get probably the most heel heat of the night. Oh, yeah. We discussed that. Absolutely. Oh, Unbeknownst to them. the crowd was not ready. <laughs> no one was ready. But they weren't ready for all that heat. And Traxler didn't give them the heads up no. either. How does no. Traxler not say something? To, that must be like his own personal joke to himself. And then Derek Director just losing his shit in the ring um, as these two come out to booze. So that's the 10 we chose. Um, so 10 out of 34. Out of 30, and we got two refs on the show, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So we ended up, so 12 people out of 35 people end up on a main show. And to be honest with you, not in like, I'm going to be honest with you, some of the seminars you do, if you get on the show, you have a three minute match where you're putting over the top guy. Or you get stuck in a battle royal. Or you get stuck in a battle royal. Yeah. That wasn't our goal. We wanted to get guys on the card and showcase them. And I think we did that well. And I, I would argue of any seminar slash tryout, in the country that puts 10 guys on yeah. in a wrestling capacity and two referees on. And that's that, just like never like really ever heard of. Yeah. It's so over, you know, so we, we really felt that we probably gave the most value for this seminar in terms of you having your chance to get out, you know, end up on the card. And then there's also, you know, people we looked at that didn't get on the card that ended up getting on a future card, like a savage gentleman who we got on Russell rave. Right. And then, uh, you know, Obviously, you know, UXWA exists and some of these guys could possibly be getting a chance to go down there, you know, and get 
an actual look from Thorne since he didn't see the, the practice matches and we didn't tape them. So, you know, if they get a chance to wrestle New XWA, maybe, you know, Thorne likes them and wants to give them a chance on, you know, a Winchester show, a Goldhorn Brewery show, you know, whatever kind of smaller shows we have. And that's a, a big portion of what this was. Um, and as we'll get into in later weeks, Cabana Man Dan even makes an appearance. DeAndre the Giant. In Jersey City. You never know. You could do the tryout, and next thing you know, you're popped up on AIW's biggest show, yeah. arguably ever. Yeah. So I, I, I find myself on the tryout to be pretty successful. Um, what would you guys say? I would agree. I mean, we saw a lot of people, from our perspective, we saw a lot of people. We uh, got people a chance to show us what they could do and everything else, but I think more from the, the participants' perspective, 30% of the people got on the show. Uh, they had a whole day. They got to learn some really cool shit. Uh, they got to meet some new people. They got to network a little more, bit. More I than mean, 30% if you count the refs, too. Mm-hmm. 35%. I mean, I was just oh, but 40%. Semantics. But, yeah. Yeah, Thorne doing math. He's clearly um, not WrestleMania sick because he's able to do quick math. No, not that quick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is it, uh, w- what was good is, you know, I got a chance to – see people uh because i'm not watching tapes i'm not going to that many shows anymore it gave me a chance to see people uh and cabana man dan obviously you know uh i know he's going to be in jersey city scott steiner wants a midget i can't find a midget but i said i do know a really short wrestler that's going to be around uh and uh you know uh it just you know it gets people's fresh in my mind and as you know we've Stated for the last few weeks on this podcast, it also is <coughs> a uh, fear tactic motivator <laughs> to say, hey, AIW Wrestling School, if you guys don't want to work hard, there's plenty of guys that have seen what it's like out there in the world, and they want they want these spots. There's they, the, maybe, maybe they've been to Canada. They might have been to Canada. Yeah, I mean, some guys will drive ten hours just for a chance. Well, and, I, and I didn't, I, we got we got what we wanted, but I I would venture to say that everybody that that did the tryout got more than they thought they were going to get. Absolutely, that that was, and I, that's uh, the key because now everyone knows it's not a work, it's not BS, it's not cash grab. It's yeah, it's it's legit, and if we do it again, it'll get the same response. And, you know, uh, what's good is it's kind of like building up the database of we don't know where the industry's going uh, with AEW, with Ring of Honor, with WWE. We don't know. MLW even. Uh, more people are getting signed or becoming less available. Um, so it's good to have this database of hidden gems, so to speak, uh, ready to go. Oh, no. And, not hitting uh, gems. Oh, not <laughs> hitting gems. We buried hidden gems hard like a year ago on Twitter. We can't go back on it now, yeah. Thorn. What's that? We buried hidden gems really hard on Twitter like a year ago. We can't go well, back on it now. Uh, you know, I, uh, that's because fucking if somebody refers to themselves as a hidden gem, <laughs> okay. okay, I'm referring. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not yourself. Yeah, you can't. No, because you're to, out in the open. You're not hidden. You're out in the open. You can't refer to yourself as a hidden gem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just fucking bullshit. Uh, so. It's kind of good, you know, and uh, as we look at these shows and uh, May 25th is a perfect example of you could see a lo- some of these guys on that. Absolutely. You know, there's StarCast going on. There's Double or Nothing going on. There's, uh, you know, there's a card that needs to be filled. Um, so, 
you know, let's let's see what happens. You know, I I know that at least Cabana Man Dan is coming back for that. <laughs> um, you know, like I said last week, uh, Big Twan Tucker's poor performance at Seven Year Itch got Michael Austin Wardlow in his spot at Russell Rave um, to Russell Zach Thomas. So, you know, as as things change and turn over, um, it's good to have these guys kind of in the you know it just in the database in my head you know in available like oh hey what about this guy um and uh you know a guy like lee moriarty uh he has gotten a lot of dates you know I, i've given him uh, quite a quite a few uh bookings already just based on you know i i think that there's a lot of upside to him uh and Michael Austin Wardlow, I think there's a lot of upside to that guy. Uh, he is just a guy that's uh, – it's a matter of figuring out what to do with him. It's like uh, you, you don't want to call somebody up with without a big – without a plan, you know what I mean, and give him every single show and then have him, you know, just kind of floundering around. Um, and then, you know, like Kevin Bennett was very good. Kenway was very good. Um Logan uh, Logan Larue was very good. There's there's a lot of guys that were that were really really good. Uh, some guys are just have the benefit of being closer in proximity than others to where it's like, well, we know this guy can make it here, no problem, and he's close. You know, like like Lee Moriarty and, and Michael Austin Warlow, they're you know just a f- two hours away or less. Uh, so um, it's it's easier to turn to those guys uh if something opens up in a last minute situation uh but a a lot of those guys you know i would i would love to bring back you know sporadically and you know dabble them in and and see what happens um i don't know how you guys feel about it but yeah no i think especially with stuff like goldhorn winchester um i think the opportunity to bring some of these guys back and i know a lot of these guys would bite at the chance to come back even like with uxwa some of the like guys that are less experienced that did the tryout that yep. are you know and i i've had some of them you know contact i've razor sharps told me that some of them have contacted uxwa about working and you know it's one of those things that uh if it works out you know we're gonna try to you know keep bringing people in and you know there's a good fan base of the aiw crew like fan base goes to uxwa and if these guys impress that fan base and you know we get those tweets that, you know, we want to see him in AIW. You never know. Well, I think this was good. And hopefully, uh, I mean, this was good insight. This was a little bit of a longer one, but great insight into what we did, how we came to the decisions that we did, and how you, the fans, saw who you did uh, on that show. And we'll continue to see, hopefully, going forward. Uh, anything you guys want to mention as we wrap it up? Or that pretty much summed it up pretty well, I think. Yeah, I think that, was, that was pretty the best wrap up you could give. There you go. Well, for Dominic Garini, for Dr. Dan, for the Duke, for John Thorne, my name's Steve Guy, and we'll talk to you next week right here on The Card is Going to Change.